Thank you for downloading this episode of A History of the Classical World in a Hundred Objects. This week, we'll be moving from the so-called Dark Age of Ancient Greece and the early beginnings of Rome to the era of Athenian ascendancy in the 5th century BCE. We'll be journeying to Marathon to see the Athenians defeat an invasion by the Persians and watching a deadly naval battle off the coast of Athens, won by the speed and agility of the Athenian warships and their rowers. We'll be travelling to Athens, the birthplace of democracy, We'll see politicians like Cleisthenes, Pericles and Alcibiades rise and fall. We'll visit the law courts, see the Parthenon built high on the Acropolis, and watch as Athens struggles to survive a 30-year war with Sparta. It's a fascinating period, rich with political intrigue and the birth of nation-states across the Mediterranean world, only two years before the radical institution of democracy in Athens in 508 BCE, we will see the kings of Rome deposed and replaced with a new political system, that of the Republic. And it's also an era which sees an explosion in Athenian thought and literature, drama and art, where Greek tragedy, comedy, lyric poetry and historiography reach unexplored heights, where philosophy battles with questions that will influence thinkers for millennia to come, and where sculpture revolutionises the depiction of the human form. But we're going to focus in today's podcast not on the eye-catching marvels of the Parthenon or the soaring rhetoric of the playwright Sophocles, but on something to which you most likely wouldn't give a second glance if you saw it in a museum, but which would probably have been one of the most familiar objects to the citizens of the newly born Athenian democracy. Athenian Tetradram, from Athens, Greece, found in Hauran, Jordan, circa 460 to 455 BCE. Today's object is very much smaller than those we've looked at so far, but it's just as, if not more, significant. It's a coin, minted in about 460 BCE in Athens. On the front face, or obverse, we see the helmeted head of a woman. Her eyes are large and almond-shaped, her mouth is slightly curving in a smile, and her hair is swept back from her forehead and decorated with three olive leaves stuck jauntily into her helmet. In fact, it's the goddess Athena, patron deity of Athens, identifiable by her helmet as the goddess of war, and the three olive leaves, since, according to myth, it was she who granted the olive tree to Athens. On the other side, the reverse, we can see an owl looking straight at us. To its left are another pair of leaves, and an olive hanging from a branch. To its right, a series of three letters, athe. These are an abbreviation for the ancient Greek word athenaion, or of the Athenians, marking its identity, as if the olive leaves and head of Athena were not enough, as an Athenian coin. The owl was Athena's symbol in antiquity, and it gave these coins their nickname, 
Glaukes, the ancient Greek word for owls. The Greek phrase glauk athenasde, or owls to Athens, was the ancient equivalent of the English proverb carry colds to Newcastle. In this case, because coins like this tetradram were so widely used. The Athenians began striking coins in the early 6th century BCE, but it wasn't until about 515 BCE that coins like this tetradram began to be made. The drachma was a currency unit used from the archaic period on, denominated by weight. This later came to be standardised at about 4.3 grams. Tetra is the Greek word for four, meaning that the classical tetradram weighed four times the amount of a drachma, roughly 17 grams. What's fascinating about these tetradrams, bearing for the first time the symbol of Athena, the owl of Athens, and the word Athenion, literally imprinting an indisputably Athenian identity onto the surface of the coins they used, is that they started to be produced right around the time that the reforms that would begin to lay the foundations for Athenian democracy were introduced. For most of the latter half of the 6th century BCE, Athens had been ruled by a tyrant, Pisistratus, and his sons Hippias and Hipparchus. After a coup around 514 BCE, Hipparchus was killed and Hippias forced into exile, and Cleisthenes set about reforming the government of Athens. He reorganised the city's population from the traditional four tribes into ten, allotting people to tribes not by family connections, as had been the case previously, but by deem, by where they lived. He tightened the organisation of the city's council, the Bula, and added regulations to the jury serving in the law courts. Perhaps most importantly, however, he introduced the assignment of government positions by lot, one of the central revolutions of Athenian democracy. It's very tempting indeed to imagine the shift in political climate in Athens from hereditary rulers to the rule of the people as being reflected in the new images imprinted upon Athenian coins, a new vision of what it meant to be Athenian. There's another layer to the story this coin has to tell, though, because it was in fact discovered in the modern country of Jordan, in the area to the northwest now called the Hauran, known in antiquity as Aranitis. The hoard in which it was found contained coins from over 20 mints, the majority from four areas, Athens, Cyprus, Southwest Asia Minor, and Thrace Macedon. It's an extraordinary testament to the reach of the Athenian tetradram, as well as an indicator of the extent to which Athens' trade and expansion across the Mediterranean exploded in the 5th century. But there's also, as often, a dark side to this glorious tale of rising democracy and expanding empire. One of the most important sources of all the silver used to make Athenian tetradrams were the mines at Laurion in Attica, around 30 miles south of Athens. These mines were worked by slaves. It's been estimated that as many as 20,000 slaves were in the mines at the height of Laurion's production, working in horrendous, dark, cramped conditions within the shafts. The mining of silver from Laurion was absolutely central to the rise of Athens through the 5th century. Much of it funded Athens's fleet, 
with which the Athenians managed to win the Second Persian War in 480 BCE, setting the city on course for its meteoric rise to political and cultural hegemony in the Aegean. It's one of the dark shadows of ancient Athens that we don't often talk about, but one which we absolutely need to acknowledge. That although Athenian democracy was undoubtedly an achievement, it rested on the shoulders of thousands of unseen slaves, including the slaves of the silver mines at Larion. Tomorrow, on my blog, I'll be returning to the Battle of Marathon in 490 BCE to look at a remarkable helmet, once worn by the general who won the battle and inscribed with his name. Or you can come back here next Saturday for a new podcast on the history of the classical world. This podcast series was inspired by the British Museum and Radio 4's A History of the World in 100 Objects. Music was Little Planet, provided by www.bensound.com. For images of the objects described here, as well as daily blog posts and background details on the history of the classical world, follow me on Twitter and Facebook at eHauserWrites and visit www.emilyhauser.com. Mm-hmm.